0: is the Rams Review Podcast. (laughs) Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come fans. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Rams Review Podcast because we're talking all things Seasiders, Blackpool Town are in the house, Corey... I know you're synonymous with Blackpool. You love Blackpool. Um, and I, I know you've been looking forward to this one. And of course, we're not alone. Who, who else could we get, Corey, to do the Blackpool preview other than Lee Charles from Lee Charles TV, massive Blackpool fan. Lee, yep. how the devil are you?
1: Um, I'm absolutely fine, to be honest. Um, we're Black, Blackpool fans are... A, Happy, really, because, you know, most fans at the start of the season would have said that, you know, just ju- just to stay up to the goal, you know what I mean? We were Bookie's favourites to go down from this, as, as we always are, because we're little Blackpool and everybody always has us, you know, even when Holloway got us in the Premier League, we were Bookie's favourites to go down and we always are the Bookie's favourites. But, you know, for most Blackpool fans, they were really happy to be back in the championship because you know, we can go on, but you know, I can, I can talk about it all day long, but you know, we went through the fan boycott and the Oysons took us down from the premier league all the way down to league two. And then we'd had a promotion back b- before we got rid of the Oysons. So we we're back in league one, but previously when Blackpool dropped out of the second division, which, you know, the championship, then when my, you know, when, when my dad used to take me as a little boy, um, we dropped out of the league. Turn, I, I can always remember. You know, my dad used to say, you know, Blackpool—they're a good second division side, but you know, they just can't hang in the, in in like Division One anymore in the in the Premier League. And uh, but every Blackpool fan thought that Blackpool would just get back the year after. You know, we just get you know, relegated and we'd back back up. But it took thirty years from that moment when we got relegated out of uh, the second division to get back into the championship and then we got obviously the premier league and you know for many blackpool fans the fear that we dropped out of the championship with the oysters that it could be another 30 years before we get back in it and i tell you it's a 30 years is a long long time and a, and a lot of people die in that period of time you know 30 years is a lot of you know my you know, my uncle didn't see us get back into the Premier League. But for me, the magic of like the, you know, the Premier League was that it was a journey I did with my dad. So I'd always watch like, you know, lower league football with my dad. And my dad had always told me that Blackpool are a sleeping giant. And one day he'll get back. And we always had had this dream all the time that one day, son, one day it'll be our. And it went on and on and on. And I, you know, I started working and, you know, I got a job and, I used to work for a Royal Bank of Scotland, and you know we used to. I just went with my dad all all the way through, and and my dad was a great footballer. He had trials at Blackpool, but he had he had trials at Blackpool when you didn't get as much money were playing for Blackpools. You did actually, you know, f- for working for Duples, which is a local coach builders. So it, it didn't matter then. If it had been millions, it would have like mattered. and he, he, he probably would have pursued it harder, but it was a great footballer, but a better footballer than me. And the thing with my dad was, whenever I went with him, he, he could always see things that I couldn't see you know so he, he he'd be like i go for god's sake how's he missed that chance i mean i'd say when i said mean, well, it was on his left foot you know he couldn't get it on his right and i, I wouldn't even see it was on his left foot you know what i mean if you've seen all these things and he came out with you know great football analysis all the time with him so i do miss him a lot but he um he was alive he, he, he saw the whole of the premier league season and then he died in the October of the season after, and if he, he had stomach cancer, and it was it it, it started really at, at um, the final at Cardiff. He, he he didn't say anything, but he wasn't so well on that day when we when we beat Cardiff, and so he got to see you know, and I got to see it with him, and, and in many ways it made everything make sense. You know, I thought I've done this journey with my dad, you know, and we've actually got the dream he's been talking about, you know, all my life, and and uh, when he died. You know that next season, Blackpool were amazing in the Championship, and they got back to the play final again, and they lost against West Ham, and they shouldn't have lost against West Ham because we were, we were by miles the better team on that day. Because I remember when we went to when we played Cardiff, you, you know, when you look at the clock and you're winning, and you keep looking at the clock, and it just like it never moves, does it? You know, yeah, you know, I'd be saying to me dad, "Oh, how long's has gone." He'd be going 62 minutes, and then about 10 minutes later, I'd say, "How long now, Dad?" 63 minutes, and I think. I was like, that's been 10 minutes, not a minute, and it just goes on and on. do you think? Come on, the, the game goes on, but so it was like that against Cardiff. We, we were hanging on quite a lot through the second half. You know, they were coming out. we weren't really hanging on, but there was always that threat if you just get the equaliser, you know, they might go on to win. And it was only till the last five minutes where really we played brilliant and just eased the game out that easy. But when we played West Ham, I hadn't even looked at the clock because we were just so on top. We were missing chances, Chann- you know, things would go, you know, and they were hanging in and they and they scored the winner. And and when I lost at the clock, it was like 88 minutes gone. And I only thought there was, there was like I couldn't believe there's only two minutes of the game left because I just I'd not been looking at the clock. We were so much in you know in, on top in that game, and that's where my dad died when blackpool were playing really really well and so he, he he never saw you know the nightmare that was to come and and it has been a you know, it's, it's been a nightmare for blackpool fans so and, and, we're just happy would you you know when, when you say oh, you know i'm saying we're happy we're just we're just happy to be back you know what i mean and back to back to kind of where we were before the Oysters started to to ruin it all so we're back in the championship feels like a big line's been drawn under it all now and we're back you know i'm back and um the only thing i've, I've missed and he he was taking my my boys really for for five years you know because the youngest was was eight and um when i was gonna watch it with you know the when i was taking him just before the boycott he was asking me about bloomfield bear still so he'd be saying like you know where does he eat and how does he tie his shoelaces and you know all this sort of (laughs) stuff because about this mascot thing he was fascinating with him you know eight years old when i when, when i took him when I took him back, he's been like a, a academy football and he's been he's in a football team and he's telling me more like he's talking to me like my dad, you know. What I mean, I'm thinking he's not bloody asking him how Bloomfield bear anymore, is he? What, what is this young kid that you know? Because I can remember he was a little boy. So I missed you know those years, and the older one was 13, he was eight, he was 18. So you miss that time with your boys, and you can never get that back you know what i mean you can never get those times back which is kind of sad but he doesn't even want to come with me now he sits he goes in the north with all the muckers and i won't go there because you've got to stand up all the way through and it's dead hard to video and stuff you know when you're stood up it's difficult and, so we, we sit in the south and the and my boys sit over the other side so that's great
2: you know missed it all so that's the <laughs> only sad bit
1: lee there's, there's one place I wanna... question how i'm feeling
2: <laughs> yeah no there's, yeah. there's one there's one place i want to start with this Yes. I mentioned it there a couple of times because obviously mm. I'm sure you're aware outside looking in at Darby's issues and everything like that, without yeah. an administration and everything like that. Mm. And I know we were discussing it briefly off air. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, could you just give a a brief, a, a brief, you know, couple minutes on on the ownership of of where it's been because it did seem like when we had the pro when you had the protest with the Oystons, yeah. Um, we had the thing with the Oystons suing fans mm. the boards yeah. were hiding behind accounts and trolling them and whatever. That was yep. a very weird situation. You always think yep. We're weird people to begin with. I don't know if I can say that. Yeah. ever.
1: Yeah, they were odd. They were odd. I mean,
2: and then there was the boycott and the tennis balls and they brought the rackets, like you said, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It does now seem that Black, mm. Black, once they got out, they kind of, they really kicked on. They took a step back into League One to take a step forward again. Um, yeah. Explain that.
1: Um, It's what the whole story you you want to go back through. I can't remember what I've actually said to you off air. But um basically uh the Oysters have been in, in charge of Blackpool Football Club since the eighties, I think. They've been with them twenty odd years. And 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 in that time we just you know, struggled really. And it was always struggling through the fact they wouldn't just go that little extra mile to get us up sometimes. You know what I mean? You just think, Oh, did they just, you know, if they just spent a, a little bit of money. We we had a team that could have got up. And it was it was like this year after year after year, the Oyster's always having excuses. And And when they were building the stadium, you know, they they had to knock Bluefield Road down and they built like two stands. I don't know if you remember, there was two stands. There was a golf stand on the other side, which we used to call the Gene Kelly stand. It was a singing in the rain stand because it had no roof on it and everything. And then we had an an empty end at one side. And and, and Carl Oyston, um, who who was like, who was the, well, his dad's the owner, but he was in charge because his dad obviously went to prison for whatever he went through. So Carl ran it. And Carl would always say that the south stand would get built when, when all the pre-lets were sold. Which was just like a load of bullshit, basically. And it Cause who's going to, who's going to sign up for a prelate that you never know is ever going to be built? You know what I mean? So it was never going to happen. The South Stand was, we were, you know, we used to sing two sides, and you know, you, we, we beat you can. You know, we've only got two sides we used to sing, and um, so through some miracle, I don't know what happened, but Owen Oyster met this this chap called Valerie Belakon, who is from a, a Latvian banker, and talked him into investing in the club and becoming like a a minority shareholder and he was full of the enthusiasm that every Blackpool fan just couldn't believe when he came he he came you know saying he he was on tv and he says I'm going to get you in the premier league within five years you know and we're all like no you're not pal there's not a chance you're you're dreaming we'd be down here for like 30 years you're not getting us in the premier league within five anyway he did he got us in within four (laughs) <laughs> which was like unbelievable, but he also like he he bought Charlie Adam out of his own money. He actually built the south stand, you know, he, out of his own money. Built the south stand, uh, which was never going to get built. So, um, so riding on the back of him really, and everything that he brought to, you know, he was Latvian. He had a big tangerine tie on. I mean, he was amazing. And uh, and um, once we got in the Premier League, though, they just sort of like froze him out completely. Um, you know, they just froze him out. He didn't receive any of the the benefit and the, the oysters just took all the money for themselves and and i thought um that the oysters did everything right at first because if i if i suddenly dropped the euro millions and i bought blackpool football club and i got in the premier league i seriously would not spend a lot of money on it i think i'll tell you what i'll give it a go we'll we'll you know go jump us for goalposts if we go down We'll go down, but we'll take 150 million Quit with us. And then when I get back in the championship and I'm going to get players a little bit cheaper, then I'll start to build something really good. And I'll, and I'll use the money to improve the stadium and all the rest of it. But I'll use their money, not my money. And I'll get back in and then I'll go back in and I'll give it another bit of a go. And for a few seasons, I'll be a bit of a boing, boing club. Because to be honest with you, um, most clubs in this country, and I was talking this, this before, the, the, there's only the odd few that are ever going to win. Barring Leicester doing it on a miracle, but most most times it's going to be either Man City or Chelsea or Arsenal or United that are going to win the title. Everybody else is just like trying to stay in the Premier League, not trying to get relegated. But when you get promoted from the Championship into the Premier League, I would say that's that, that's possibly a bigger achievement than actually winning the premier league the town you know you'll have a parade going down the town they'll be coming on an open air bus through the town the the, the place we go mental because you, you know you've just 150 million quid you know what i mean the, the team are going in the play, you know for, for blackpool it was unbelievable there was there was a hundred thousand on, on the promenade when holloway you know got up you, you you just have to see the you know the massive tram parade they did now, it was just unbelievable and so i quite quite happily get relegated and then have that big massive promotion party you know every other year to you know and then eventually hopefully you know stay in there with with the money and i, I thought that's what the oysters were going to do because they didn't spend any money getting it you know, we borrowed players from the championship like Punchin from southampton you know he was he was on a loan var uh, jamie um luke varney he was on loan you know there was he was he was unbelievable and um and But instead of, like, doing what I thought they'd do, which was not spend any money and then start to invest it when they got back down, no, they didn't. They just decided to just take it all, you know, just not spend anything. And, uh, of course, that's when all the things started being said about them on on the message boards, that they were thieves. Uh, There was a guy, actually, at at a Sky match. This is how how daft it was. There was a guy at the Sky match, uh, and he had the local newspaper on the the Evening Gazette. And The headline on the Evening Gazette was, on, on, on this night, was, Oyston quote: "We are not thieves." Right? This was a massive, big headline on on, on the paper. Well, he'd scribbled off the knot. he blacked it out. So his his headline said, "Oyston, we are thieves." Right? So he's in a stand somewhere, and he holds the newspaper up as he's going out. We got beat or something. He just holds his newspaper, up. and Sky capture that moment, and it's all over the newspaper. You know, him holding his newspaper. Like Oyston, we are. Thieves. Well, they sued him. They got. He had to pay twenty odd thousand quid him for holding his newspaper over a bloody football match so so the fans were having to club together and and raise funds to help these people you know we had to raise the funds to pay the fines for them and they were all settling out of court you know because um because libel is one of those things where it's a rich man's thing you know you, you've got to have the money to you, you've you got to have millions to fight against the libel cause so you know they just get the they'd be fighting top lawyers and everything else over something they said on the internet. So you imagine just typing something on an internet board saying, you know, bloody oyster, they've stolen all the money again. And then the next minute you get an email coming through. We have read that and we're, you know, we're suing you for 25,000 for what you said there. So that's when the fans really boycotted and just said, I'm sorry, but we're not, you know, you're suing our mates and our families and we're just not coming anymore. And so, um, so, so the, the club went down into the championship and then we went into league one and then, uh, then we doubled it right down into league two. And by some miracle, um, they had a, a manager called Gary Bowyer. There was, there was like a thousand people going to watch the games and they got promoted back into league one. Nobody went to Wembley. I can remember it was on sky. The, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a thing on sky, a program on it. Why, why Blackpool fans are, are boycotting Wembley? Cause we didn't want, we actually took 6,000 rather than 30,000, but, but we, we just didn't want anybody to go. We were going to totally boycott Wembley, which is so sad, you know, you know, chance to go to a a Wembley player final and we just weren't going. And and, and that was the reason, but unbelievably with 6,000 fans there and a thousand through the season, they actually got themselves promoted. So we were back in league one. So we were just that one uh, thing. And then by the time um, the court case had come and the Oystons were, had to, had to pay Valerie Bellicon back 36 million quid, which was, which was, you know, honestly, Blackpool fans were rejoicing. You know, when that came over the news. Everybody was listening on radios and everything, local radio. We had hundreds in the courts in London cheering everything, jeering everything that Oyster said. It was it. And the judge um, in uh, London was an Arsenal fan. And a, a lot of Blackpool fans do believe that the Arsenal fan in him could see you know with all the with all the fans in the in the gallery all, all booing everything he said and cheering everything that but you know you know he got the picture and he he gave an amazing verdict where they just couldn't really you know they couldn't appeal against it or anything his, his verdict was totally damning against them and that's uh, so I say they lost, they had to pay Bellicon 36 million quid which they didn't have so they seized the ground off them and everything else it went into um with um court receivers while they just and 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 then there was a problem even then because there was people saying that we should have got a point deduction at this point, but it, but I think the the AFL saw sense and saw what we'd actually won, so to to actually like fine us for just trying to get the you know the new owner in because that was the thing the club had to be sold then you know it it, it had to have receivers in to to administer the sale of the club, but we weren't in any debt or anything like that we hadn't you know we hadn't broken any financial fair play rules we just basically had to have a new owner brought in and somebody had to sell it because you couldn't have the oysters in because they'd lost it. So it was a court thing. So thankfully they didn't give us a point reduction. And we got, um, we got this guy in called Simon Sadler, who um, at the time when he came in, people were heralding, heralding him as a unicorn that you would never find some random lad who's who's been a Blackpool fan since a kid lived out in Singapore, all he does is manage a billion dollar hedge fund. So we don't really know how much money he's got, but he has got money and, and he's doing all the things that we've complained about. And it's not just like on the pitch, it's the off off the pitch things where, you know, the stadium was basically falling down. You know, there was just like no repair at all. The, the things were rusting away. The, the stands that they'd, um made were all made with the cheapest steel there wasn't anodic, and you know we live right by the seaside so everything's rusting the bricks needed putting in there was like air vents on the outside that were just pure rust and he's he's just slowly but surely all, all the seats were just i mean i did a video before we came the day we came back for the homecoming day which was the first day blackpool fans were walked back through the turnstiles and uh, we, we went to a meeting and uh, uh, Blackpool Sports Trust meeting and they were asking for volunteers to go down and, and, and like clean the seats because we've got like 15,000 seats and 14,000 I haven't been sat in for like five years and they were covered in pigeon poo and oh my it was just, it was honestly so I went down and I made a little film about that because um, I was thinking of doing a YouTube channel this was the whole thing I thought you know what can I do I was a DJ I thought I'll do some things on weddings and stuff and then just the Blackpool, Blackpool Football Club suddenly came back and I thought oh, I'll tell you what I'll go down and make a video i'll i'll go down i'll film myself picking up a bucket and a sponge and you know washing the seats down and uh, I'll, I'll interview all the volunteers and and uh, show all the pigeon poo and the mess and everything and i put that on youtube and within uh, like a day or two I, I got a message from quest hd and, and the one show over in blackpool saying can they use my footage you know and then i got interviewed on the comedy carpet by the one show in because we all marched back to the ground from in front of the tower down to the ground and all the cameras were there and I was interviewed and uh yeah so that was the start of why I started actually doing a football YouTube channel which was never the it was never the plan and now I'm now I'm deep in it and I'm like I'm, I'm so deep into in, into doing these YouTube things but uh yeah that's that's was that quick enough yeah, yeah that's <laughs> we all fall fine. asleep now Are you still
0: sorry viewers if you fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's Just great get to on know with
1: it, Lee Charles. Uh, God, sake, stop waffling, man! No, nah, it, it, it's great to know because it is.
0: I mean, looking at it from the outside in, and uh, I'm mm. sure Corey mentioned off air, he has got an affinity with Blackpool because, because of yeah. his dad and things like that. I mean, yeah. it is the ultimate feel good story. You know, you you reach the pinnacle of English football, yeah. and then you know greedy greedy owners, and hey, we we got, we know all about that kind of thing at the minute at Derby, and yeah. You, know, you, must, you must have been so close to to technically the club going out of business and, you know, just like you say, fans not going boycotting. It it, it could have just stopped Blackpool FC and, you know, now to be back on the rise again. Mm. And we're going to go on to this in a little minute. But, I mean, you say oh, the, the book is favourites to go down. I think me and Corey both predicted at the beginning of the season we expected Blackpool to go down. Yeah. But obviously, at this moment in time, what are they sat in like eleventh or something in the championship? N- not a yeah. bad start, you know.
1: And um... I think a lot of people thought that we were the favourites to go down because um, because we got up in the playoffs. You know, we got mm. up in the playoffs. But if you look back at that season, we had a we had a really bad sort of like you know the first eleven games we were like second off the bottom, and then from October something clicks. I don't know, Critchley suddenly found a for- formula or something, and and we just went on an incredible run of games and, and, and really if you took those like from October to the playoffs, we were like by head and far, the best team in the division. There was nobody. And, you know, we were, we were, we were miles top. We were just so good. And, uh, and as we got to the end, you know, as we were getting towards the end of the season, um we, we were getting better and better and, and better, you know, with every game. And when we went into the playoffs, obviously we just breezed Oxford away, you know, we, we beat them four nil away from home. And then, you know, uh, yeah, three 0 away from home, and then mm. we beat him six 0 together. And then even, you know, we went to Wembley, and 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 Blackpool are the most successful team in playoffs. You know, we we just are. We've won so many of them, and and, and we just thought we'd beat Lincoln. You know, we just nobody really thought we, we'd lose against them, and uh, we 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 were just really were we're really coming up as a very, very good side. And it's strengthened in the summer uh, with people that you'll have never heard of. You know, I'd never heard, of, I, I never heard of Shane Lavery at all. I never heard of him. You know, there's there's players you just had never heard of, but somehow Critchley, that's, that's the magic thing about him where he's he's just been in that under twenty three football for so long. And he's so well-respected that he just knows, he just knows loads of lads, you know, he just knows loads and he's, he's dead popular. So, players want to come and play for him because they know he sort of improves with his coaching. And that's, and that's what, what he, you know, he, he does seem to do. He, he, he does improve players. So we never, you know, I, I talked to the start of the season. I, I've i been, I've been interviewed on quite a few uh, podcasts at the start, Benjamin Bloom as well. And I told him, you know, I I fancied us for a double promotion, if you'll be honest, that's, that's, that's how I was feeling. Cause I thought they just, nobody know. you know, it's, it's as if you don't know how good mm-hmm. we are. And um, we're at, if I'm being honest, I'm a little bit disappointed because we've thrown quite a few points away. You know, we should be higher than we are. We've, you know, we were beating Hull one 0 with five minutes to go. They were down to ten men, and we let them equalise. We, we should have beat Birmingham on on Saturday. To be honest, we were by far the better team. And there's been, you know, quite a few games where, you know, I don't know if you watch the game on Sky when we play QPR and the, the referee just allows a perfectly good goal. You know, just that gets disallowed. We end up drawing one one. There's been just so many points that have been been dropped. So, you know. From my point of view, I think we should be a little bit higher, but I'm happy where we are, <laughs> you know. But we're only, you know, we've looked at the table, we're only six points off the, I think, like the playoffs, and we're six points yeah. Off, off Yeah, that's, so, It's that's so tight, thing. this division. It's yeah. ridiculous.
0: It does feel like, I mean, Blackpool, I suppose, like you said, they have kind of come in under the radar because they've yeah. looked at it and, Oh, Blackpool spent all that time in, league, you know, in League One. We're yeah. down in League Two, and yeah, yeah, I think a lot of teams probably have underestimated Blackpool this season. Um, yeah, which you know, I mean, it's great. It is great to see them back. I mean, I obviously as. as as every away fan loves to go to Blackpool um, for, for that away fixture. And oh, of course we're, we're lucky enough. It's the last away game for us of the season oh, when we, yeah. when we come to Bloomfield road. So that's going to be, so that's going to be weather. incredible.
1: Yes, yeah. You can do yeah. the whole sort of tourist thing. then. Like, can you can go to the pleasure beach and that's
0: it. You no. Know, yeah. I always I'm, think I've been in January on a Tuesday night before. It's yeah, not it's quite not, as fun, not, is it? No,
1: no, it's not as fun when the weather's bad. <laughs> no, but in the summer when the weather's good. And I always say, you know, if you can't, if you can't come to Blackpool, and have a good time, then there's something wrong with you, really, because it's designed to have a good time. You know what I mean? The whole thing behind Blackpool, although it's you know over the years it's it's come under a lot of stick and it, it, it has got run down since we failed to get the casino bid and the council didn't seem to know what to do with it. But but there are you know there's things happening now and you know there's a new conference center at the Winter Gardens and there's mm-hmm. a big IMAX theater coming in and you know there's lots of stuff. The whole Central Drive thing is going to be is going for some other big attraction with hotels and stuff so it so it's improving but even so it's still you know there's so much to do in there and if you can't come here and have a good time then there's something wrong with you really but uh but yeah, you should have a great time. That's time oh, yeah. of year because it's in, in May and the sun will be shining. Pleasure Beach. I mean, the Pleasure Beach is staying open all all winter this this week this right. year, which is winter weekend. So you can, you know, anybody can go on the Pleasure Beach any weekend. But normally it shuts. You know, till doesn't open again till March, does it? But uh, no, it's, you'll have a great time.
0: Oh yeah, Pl- plenty of, plenty of good uh, good days in the Trafford Bar on the uh, on the seafront for the. Yeah, away it makes fans. you wonder
1: how how you'll all be. I mean, are you thinking? I mean, do you still think you can get out of this, or do you think, or are you all resigned to the fact that there's no chance now? They've taken so many points off you, haven't they? It'd uh, yeah, it'd be unbelievable have. to get out of it, <laughs> wouldn't it? It'd yeah, be really unbelievable.
0: We, we've actually, to be to be fair, we've got probably the next four fixtures really are kind of crunch fixtures for for Derby. Yeah. We've got Blackpool at home. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Bristol City coming up at the weekend away. Who right. obviously haven't had the greatest of starts. We've got no, to go to haven't. Cardiff. Mm-hmm. um and they were not
1: doing so bad were they but they got rid of the manager yeah there, so, yeah.
0: so it, you know, it's a little bit i think these are the games before our boxing day fixture at home to west brom which we just seem to have we just seem to have west brom's number i don't know why over the years we've, we've always done well against them at home um right. so it's it's kind of that period of games a lot's coming to the end with the administration we think um yeah they're, they're fully expecting a well they're fully hoping that a buyer will be in place by January
1: right because um, I know it was rumored because cause I had a girl I saw a lady on on our on our weekly show from Derby from the Derby fans thing and she was you know she was all excited about these new you know these new multi-billionaire owners that were coming in, and then it all kind of fell through didn't it, it was a...
0: yeah it was a shame it was a shame mm. so that but, looked, you know
1: that looked quite promising at one time didn't it but it did
0: yeah. I mean it does at the minute you know um but
1: so, how, how's it going to we've work? Been if somebody comes in, I think uh, Corey was telling me, yeah, how many million in debt are you?
2: Something. Oh, me. it's a lot. It's like 280 million. But then, yeah. The that's so, not how's negotiable. that going to work?
1: If somebody's going to come in, they can't possibly take on 280 million pounds. Yeah, they account. said that the, write... biggest,
2: the, the biggest sticking point right now, Lee, is the 30 million pound tax bill.
1: Hmm. Because... It's a lot of money, in it?
2: Yeah, like 30, like whatever, whoever owns it, they have a 30 million pound tax bill. And apparently there's five interested parties, four have kind of distanced themselves because yeah. until you work something out with tax, mm. bill, we don't really do anything. But then, you know, if you lower the tax bill, that sets a precedent for football clubs because all of them owe money, right?
1: Sure, yeah. And the tax, the tax not going to- pay pennies
2: on the pound to get rid of this tax bill or whatever. So mm. It's a very awkward situation. And you've got reports of another company who Darby are into like, 60 million pounds worth of loans are given micro loans so they can keep the thing going. And there's money till January. And then after that, who knows what's going to happen. And so they're all trying to work this stuff out. So there's the preferred buyer should be mentioned in the next couple of weeks, but unless they can get that tax bill sorted, it's going to be difficult to see how you can do that. Because if you're going to buy a football club, you have an immediate 30 million pound tax bill that that you shouldn't technically be paying because the previous owner should have paid his bills. Sure. and, you it's know, just how- it,
1: it, it is going to be hard. I mean, if you had somebody like the you know Dubai consortium coming in thirty million, it's like pocket money. It just, just, it's like pence, isn't it? So you actually need somebody like that, don't you? Just thirty million, they couldn't care less. You know, it's like you know, they're making that an interest in ten minutes. Yeah. And um, I think
0: I think they've said it's something like to to buy Derby County today. It's like sixty five million they need. Yeah. And and who's going to buy a club at sixty five million when nine you know ninety percent chance they're going to be in League One next season? You wouldn't, yeah. You that's wouldn't the buy problem. sixty five million, would you?
1: No, no, you wouldn't. It's it, it's hard to get uh, it's hard to get up leagues. You know, it's you know you can look at Sunderland now. You know, in 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 League One, and I watched there. And if you are ever watching the Mad Mistake from from Sunderland. He's so funny. I mean, he kicks off all the time <laughs> because, because they really, you know, I mean, they are a massive club. Let's be honest. Sunderland are huge. You know I mean? They a 65,000 seat stadium. And, and they just, they just can't get out of league, league, league one. Can they? They just, you know, they've been in, I think this is a six season and Terry, who is, is a mad mistake. He, oh God, he, he honestly kicks off so much about him half the time, <laughs> but you know, you, you still got that. We are a big club mentality about them. And, you can't have that and you've just got to accept that Accrington Stanley are going to beat you you know what I mean it's it's unbelievable you get you know you play these little clubs down there and you think you know we used to think you know Black be going to Chesterfield you think we'll beat Chesterfield and you go and they'd hammer you 4-0 and you think ow! do you know all these little teams with like a thousand people going to watch and one managed dog sometimes and you can't beat them honestly it's so hard it's uh it's a really difficult league to get out of. And there are there's quite a few big clubs down in that league one now as well. And you've got yeah. Wigan down there. You've got Ipswich down there. You, you know, there's just, you know, Rotherham and are doing all right. I think Wigan came down, didn't they? And, you know, they, they've had a year in the championship and they're all playing well. It's just so hard to get out of a division. It's yeah, it's hard to get out of the championship, isn't it? But it's it's hard to get out of these. It's even hard to get out of League Two, to be honest. It's It's not easy it's yeah. not easy. So, no, I I, I understand that, uh, yeah, it's not a good proposition, is it? 60-odd million to, if you do go into League One.
0: Well, it is, and then yeah. you've got the running costs of uh, a 35,000-seater stadium that, you know, nobody else in League One's got, really, other than the aforementioned Sunderland. It's, you know, the yeah. costs and then the income isn't the same. So, if you no. don't get the TV money down there, it's, it, it's going to be, whoever comes in in January, if somebody does buy it, they've got six months to kind of turn it round, because they're going to have to get their they're going to have to get themselves in order if they do go down because obviously money's going to be at a premium uh, you know there's going to be a lot of cost cutting and stuff like that it's, mm. it's a shame but we are certainly going to be behind it until the end of the season but we'll just obviously we'll have to wait and see from a derby's perspective but it's funny you mentioned Chesterfield there league because actually the first ever professional football game I went to see was Blackpool. Um, against uh-huh. Chesterfield because oh, my right. my my cousins are Chesterfield fan.
1: Oh right, um, oh, they always used to beat us. So you probably beat us. It, it was you could
0: it never was, beat I, Chesterfield. I always remember it. I was oh Christ, when are we think, we're thinking about twenty seven ish years ago now? Right. Um, at Saltergate, I was sat there. It was it was it finished two two. Um, I remember. I mean, it's yeah, it's something like twenty seven years ago, twenty eight years ago even. Um, mm. And that was, that was, it was like 1995, 1996, something like that. First right. ever, first ever football, professional football game I went to see. And it was Chesterfield-Blackpool. Right. So a, a, little, a little bit of an history.
1: Well, that's funny. I, I, I went to, um, had a mate who uh, was a Colchester fan. And we used to have a bet every year, just for a fiver on, on who'd finish higher in the league. And uh, we had a last, we had the last game of the season at Chesterfield. And we were winning 2-1. Two, two, and I was winning the bet because it all, it all went down to the last game. You know, I can't remember what Colchester were playing, but we were winning 2-1. And they played about, I do six minutes of extra time. And I, sw- I swear to God, the score with the last kick of the game to equalise. <laughs> and Colchester jumped over us at that moment. And I, and I I said to my mate, I remember posting on, on the football forums at the time, I said, I... I I could hear the Chesterfield fans singing, where's your fiver gone? Where's your fiver gone? Because <laughs> it just, it went at that moment. I could, the, the world, it was a fiver, but it wasn't the fiver, you know, it was just the pride of losing to him. Oh God, I was so sick. I'll, I'll never forget that day. And I'll, I'll tell you, you won't really, it, it, it was just the last game of the season, nothing game, but to me, honestly, it meant, Everything at that moment, and he he just jumped over us and finished a place above us, and he got I had to give him the five, and I thought bloody hell. So yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah.
0: Let's let's let's, let's talk let us let's talk more matters on the pitch. We've we've kind yes. of touched on it briefly. Mm-hmm. um As you say, you know, Blackpool have clearly assembled themselves quite. A, I believe it's quite a young side as well, Lee. I'm going to ask is, you to go yeah. through it in a little minute, but you know they've built that side in League One that's come up, and as mm-hmm. as we said, you know top they're 11th at the minute, possibly yeah. could be higher. Yeah. But I think the, the thing that you mentioned a minute ago is th- there's just from, you know, normal championship players, you have names that, you know, there'll be a yeah. lot of Derby fans who, who see Blackpool when they come to Pride Park on Saturday and people who are listening to this now, they won't know a single one of them no. m- more than likely. There won't be many. So no, in, in your own words, like r- run through this Blackpool side, what's, you know, what, who are the standouts? Have you got any standout players?
1: Right. Um, well, first of all, yeah, you won't know who they are because when we were playing Birmingham and the mecca substitutions, Birmingham. Well, actually, when they were giving out the you know the you know the team listings, it was just like whatever player they all went who. When <laughs> we made the substitutions, they were coming off for Blackpool is Shane Lowry. Who <laughs> they never heard of any of them. So yeah, we've um, you know we we have got a team of, of people you won't you won't have heard of. Um, because I, even I hadn't heard of them, to be honest, half of them, you know, before they signed. And even I was like, who, <laughs> who have we signed? We had to go on YouTube to kind of watch a video on them you know, to see who they were. Uh, but I don't, honestly, asking me, I don't know who we're going to play because Critchley so far, just he, he, even we don't know who he's going to play. The standout players, um, the, you know, the forward line, obviously Jerry Yates, you you probably heard of him. He had a great season last season in, in League One um he's not quite doing it yet in championship level i don't think he he's a good player but he's a confidence player like every striker and uh, he's not really scoring the goals like we'd hoped he would gary medine which you will have heard of him who everybody else would sing Gary Medine Goal Machine. We actually sing, he's Gary Medine, he's a goal machine. We signed him on a free, because <laughs> we did. We signed him on a free. I think Cardiff bought him for six million and gave, gave him us for nothing. So, so he was a free for us. So that's our, our Gary Medine song. So uh, he's... Uh, I like him. A lot of Blackpool fans are not one hundred percent sure because he doesn't get many goals. But he 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 formed a very good partnership with Jerry Yates, and then he got injured. So I'd like to see him play more with Yates because I thought they were a good team together. Got Shane Lavery, this lad we got from Limerick, who you probably say who, but he he was. He was scoring pretty much a goal a game, and then he did his hamstring, and he's only just come back, so Critch is easing him back into games. Uh, we had CJ Hamilton, who is the fastest thing I've ever seen on two legs, but he doesn't look like he runs fast. It doesn't make any sense. You know, some people, like, really run fast, don't they? You know I mean? The legs are going like a like a – he doesn't. He just, like <sighs> – he's just like wow he's just like so fast he got injured at the end of last season then he had some sort of screw put in his foot he came back but there's, he wasn't playing he didn't look as fast you know we're all saying oh he's lost a yard of pace but apparently the screw was killing him in his foot so he's had another operation and he's had the screw taken out and he, he, he came back again West Brom looked really really fast looked amazing had a sitter missed it and didn't play against Birmingham so we don't know if he'll be playing but I like him uh, Ukenidugel uh, in in the middle of the park, who we really like. He was uh, rejected by, he was with Barnsley. Picked him up as a free agent, like we do most players that uh, Blackpool have. So, kind of like him, he scored two goals at Wembley in the final, so he has his own song about his two goals in the final at Wembley. Um, like him, we've got, at the moment, uh, our, our goalkeeper got injured, who um, is Chris Maxwell, our main goalkeeper, who quite honestly he's one of the best goalkeepers i've ever seen at bloomfield road he got injured he's been out for quite a few weeks now i've had this young lad in called matt grimshaw who he's not bad uh, he, he does some good stuff but i'm still i still prefer maxwell but i don't know if he's going to get back in or not because obviously well he could get back in now because we lost him we so so maybe, so maybe he he might come back in goals we got uh, jordan gabriel uh from forest we had him last season on loan he was amazing and we really wanted him and then forrest didn't seem to want to sell it selling him, selling him to us through through the summer and it went on and on and they were asking for too much money and then eventually they did sell him to us they don't seem to rate him but i think i don't know why they're giving him away to be honest with forrest i think he's I think he's really he's a right back uh we've got marvin petetta big marv who he really is he really is a good we we, we got him again He he's had um if if you look at his record, he's kind of he was in like non league and then he got promoted, then he got picked up by Leighton Orient, had a promotion with them, then he then he joined us and had a pro promotion with us. He's had a promotion in every of the last five seasons, something at Epiteta, So, he's a big centre off he's, he's he's really massive and he's, he's he's really quick and he's just a legend. Here. We really like him. Marvin Epiteta um, we're playing James husband at the moment as center half, which he's really a left back if I'm being honest but he can do the center half role but we have got center R's. We, we, we've got a guy called uh, Gretason, who's an Icelandic but he seems to just get beaten up in every game and ends up with dislocated shoulders and all sorts of things they're always beating him up but he, he gives everything we had that Richard Keo, which I think um, I heard of that
2: guy once um, yeah
1: you'll have heard of him I think I heard and, of him now, now he's he's got injured, unfortunately, but he was fast becoming a bit of a legend with us because he's he looks like the granddad in the team. He doesn't kind of fit in with the team. That, I don't know if I can kind of explain it. But looking, he's an
2: awkward looking centre athlete, to be honest. He's an,
1: he's awkward, <laughs> but he's old looking. He, he, yeah, he, looks old he does like you guys here in the headlights.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's he's like
1: grey and he's got grey in his beard. Is everything about him looks old, but he's but he's not. He looks like 50, but he's actually 34, isn't he? But yeah. and he's a bit slow. You know, uh, we, we, we first remarks on this guy hasn't got a lot of pace. But honestly, what happened with the Blackpool fans was there was a few like slagging him off. And the main um, group of fans that, on the north that really make the loud noise they've taken to him like a like, like a doctor water so anything he does they're, they're calling his name you know it's like key okay. anything you know just a simple pass five yards they're cheering him on and it's kind of turned him into some sort of superman he's kind of believes the hype on himself you know what i mean so he started playing like beyond himself and when we score goals he's like going absolutely mental and he's just so fired up and he's getting blocks in and you know he's, he's just everywhere so i don't know what we've done to him but I don't think his body could take the amount of stuff he was doing, so he's so he's so he's gone. He's had a bit of a calf strain, so he's not played. But so I don't think he'll be playing. But he was fast becoming a legend, a which we've we which yeah, we've created. It would be
2: interesting to see the reaction he would have got. Prior yeah, time. no, you, you'd be like, you who know. is this guy? This isn't the Richard K. O. We remember because he's honestly he's like a Superman. He's everywhere, you know,
1: from guy with no pace. He's literally everywhere on everything. You're like, God, he's taking the ball on, taking it forward. He's honestly, he's. Every- he's unbelievable and the fans were just loving him and it's a shame he's got injured because it was just a great you know it was like a like a bromance with the fans and he and he's obviously reveled in it you know because he's had a bit of a bad time he? with a few things that went with driving and stuff so but anyway um left back uh we we were playing luke garbert who was rejected by Everton. And
2: that was the one that Ancelotti was like, who? And he's like, yeah, he'd been here since he was like 12. And Ancelotti's like, I, I don't know who that, this guy that's is. That's right, yeah. That. We, have, song, up, we yeah. have the
1: song where, you know, they, Carlos said the garbage shite. <laughs> now he's F been Because <laughs> no, that was our song for him. But he's not, he's not, he was brilliant in, in League One, but he's not really brought his A game to the championship. So he's at the, he got injured and then, um, we brought in and his name just gone completely out of my head. The the, the guy from Doncaster, Reece James. So we got from Doncaster, we got a, a lad called Reece James, who was their sort of player of the year for a couple of times, and they were all devastated. And then he wasn't getting in, and I've had Doncaster fans like messaging me saying, "You know what's going on with Reese James?" Because you know we thought he'd be like, you know, he'd be—he's not even in the team, and, but he got injured and he's back. But he—he—he he, he does look he looks better than Garber, if I'm being honest at the moment. He, he looks a really good left back. Uh Kenny I've mentioned, we 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 have, we have got this lad called uh, Ryan Wintle, who um, Cardiff bought from, from a crew in the summer, and then they've loaned him to us. And he's really, really good. But we've only got him till Christmas. So he didn't play him against Birmingham. And I think that's probably because he knows he's going to go back to Cardiff and he's got to start, getting other players playing that position. So he's been really, really good, but he didn't play against Birmingham. And that for me was a bit of a mistake. Um, we've got Jane's favourite player, who is Josh Bowler, who is another reject from Everton, but he's one of these players that if he was in your team, you'd just love him because all, all he does is is go at, if he gets the ball, he's only got one thing on his mind and he's going to go and he's going to try and beat the defender. He's going to try and get round him. He's going to try and run past him. He's going to try and run through him. He he loses the ball, unfortunately, because, they, you know, some obviously if a player's going to take players on every time, he won't get round them every time. And they do take the ball off him. But he is exciting. When he's on the ball, every, you know, you you can feel, you know, when people, a player just gets you out of your seat, you know, whenever he's on the ball, you think, whoa, bowling, he's, he's running at him and he's going left, right. Which way is he going to go? He's going to... And uh, so he, he's exciting, but he's kind of not he, – he's not favouring at the moment, which he, Blackpool fans can't understand, but that's because, because he is a bit reckless.
2: Those, those exciting players, Lee. I mean, that's what you come to watch football. When you look at Yeah, it, that's exactly – You look at a player like Adama Traore. On, he'd, be
1: like, he'd be my you first know. name on, on, on the team yeah. sheet, Josh at He's the one that excites the fans.
2: Look at yeah. the Premier League. You've got Adama Traore and Alan St. Maximum. They're end prop yeah. garbage but they get yeah. off the seat and you want to watch them because between the halfway line and ATR box they're unstoppable and yeah exactly people making them and yeah it's, it's and magic isn't it? so if they lose the ball nine times out of ten who cares people still take yeah game those are the type of players you want in the team because that's football's entertainment yeah today
1: my dad um you know was you know from the you know the he used to watch matthews and all you know stanley matthews and all that you know as a kid and um one of the things that Stanley Matthews could do, obviously, you know, the, the defense just couldn't read him. It could never read. He was going to go to the left, go to the right. And it's and it, it skim players all the time, but he would always get down to the byline and pull the ball back. You know what I mean? And my dad would, would you know, it, it was a thing my dad would go on about all the time. That football is exciting when you have a player that can get the ball to the byline and pull it back. So, 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 so your forwards are, a run into a ball that's coming at them rather than over the heads. You know what I mean? So they're having to either have the bat to goal and turn it, or, or they're letting it drop over the heads and trying to control it as it comes down or whatever, or hit it on the volley coming over. But when a ball's coming back at you and, and, and you're gonna hit it and it's coming right to you, you can hit it like really you know, it's coming forward to you and you're just sitting up and he said that's when football I mean that used to go on a-. you know he used to honestly that was his obsession with wingers and stuff he hated wingers that cross balls in from you know deep positions he likes him to get down to the byline and pull it back and Josh Bowler does have that ability but unfortunately his final ball is not always as you know he 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 does skin defenders and he does get to the byline and then he doesn't put the ball you know he he doesn't find a player and that's that's you know probably the the thing that hopefully he will improve on that's probably why he's you know he's not playing for Everton or United, you know, because he doesn't have that final ball. This is one Achilles heel, but he's exciting. He is exciting.
2: Lee, uh, Turning also- the attentions from the pitch to the dugout. Yeah. Uh, Neil Critchley, my mom, my mom actually says, Neil Critchley looks a little bit like um, Paul Newman uh, and, and oh. she likes Paul Newman. So she's like, he's a Paul Newman look alike. So she
1: likes Neil sure. Critchley. Sure, she'd like. I'm sure he'd like that being like <laughs> to Paul Newman.
2: Really? Not quite sure the conversation yet, but... right there. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't look, look like that. I don't I see that,
1: mum. Sorry, but but uh, no, he's um, he's he's another weird one you see because we'd had when we were looking for a new manager we sat simon grayson which which uh he'd been a legend at blackpool the first time around but he came back and uh it was it was hell with simon grayson honestly it's it's as if he's just been burned by his experience with sunderland and the sunderland till i die show which he was on and he's he, he's he's just i don't know he he's just lost it anyway we got rid of him and there was a couple of managers kind of turned us down. I think they went to the Oxford manager. He turned us down and all of a sudden they announced that we're, you know, Neil Critchley is the manager of Blackpool. And honestly, every Blackpool fan was like, Neil Critchley. So yeah, he's the under 23 Academy coach at Liverpool. And like, it's a bit left field, isn't it? So, Jane's got a few friends at work who were Liverpool fans, and we started of talking to Liverpool fans, and they were all like, "Oh God, you've got bloody Critchley!" And they were they were like not happy about it. They were like saying, "Oh, you've got a... honestly Neil Critchley. He's he's he's, he's like you know he's, he's almost like second to Klopp at Liverpool. They love him. He's, he's even like Klopp has even let him take the team out. He's he's just like." everything that black that liverpool have brought through the academy the players are all down to neil Critchley. he was they, instrumental in
2: alexander Ockham yeah they well. they
1: love him at liverpool so we started to think oh well this is a bit like this maybe is a bit interesting and i started thinking about it and i, and I started thinking well maybe he doesn't like know lots of like players and you know he's he, he has there's only about i think there's only about six or seven men in coaching the whole world that have his level of coaching badge as well he's one of the top coaches in the world you know he's, he's he is that good and uh he's um jane reckons he's half vulcan or he, he may be vulcan because he has no emotions you know he's one of those that doesn't get up or down really very much he's, he, he keeps it all inside but he's also um when you watch him he's he, he's uh, He's always, you know, through a game, he'll be, he'll be making loads of notes. And you can see he's always trying to improve things all the time. So he's always looking for where he can improve. And when, when he talks in his interviews, he's always talking about what he, you know, even on a win, he'd be saying, well, we didn't do this right. If I can fix this and fix that and we'll go back to the training ground. And we'll, And he's, oh, you know, he, he's he's like continually looking to improve things. Whereas Simon Grayson was like, we do it my way. This is the way it works you know we play how I play and I'm not listening to fans or any, you know I don't, don't listen to any of it and he, he was just so anti doing anything new or he was just stuck in the mud whereas Chris you can see he's he's wanting to improve the players he's wanting to improve himself he's wanting to improve everything and he's he, he he's kind of bought into the the madness of of Blackpool it's hard to describe really it's like you know we get like 10,000 or we can, you know, the most we can get in at the moment is like 12,000 fans. And we make the noise of like 30 odd thousand. It's like, it's like ridiculous. You, you have to come to kind of, when you come with, with Derby, you'll be like, how, how are they making this noise? It's like, it's, it's I mean, I went to Forest and they make a, a really loud noise when they sing the uh, Mulliken Tyre thing. It's like, it's deafening isn't it. And, and when they score a goal, it's like, it's like a bomb going off. But then for the rest of the game, you just never heard them. They never sang, you know, only when they scored a goal or when they sang and Tire was the only time I ever heard Forrest. And I was expecting it to be like mad. But you come to Blackpool, it just never, it's like relentless. It's just like a relentless, they just never stop. And when we go away, you'll see it when we come to Derby, we just never shut up. We just, honestly, we just go and go and go. And and the Blackpool fans, it's he, he, kind of bought into the fact that we're like the little guys, you know, the, the guys that are punching above our weight and, and he's bought into all that and he's kind of got got on with the fans really well so the fans are, are you know really bought into him and everything so he's just signed a new contract a four and a half year deal so you know that's all looking good but since you signed a contract we, we haven't won yet so that can always be a kiss of death can't it i kind of know that we signed a contract and that's the end of it so uh so no so yeah he's uh, he's very popular at the moment Neil Critchley, and and there was a lot of fans at the start because we had you know we I was saying we got had a really bad start um to the to the season before we we had a great pre-season we played everton and we were beating them 3-0 in 10 minutes at home in in like a pre-season friendly we ended up drawing 3-all we went to liverpool away and we were beating liverpool 2-0 with a, with a, in the first half um with a, with about i don't know 30 seconds ago, that they got a, a, a goal back just before half time. And then, but, but then Critchley made like 11 substitutions, and all kids came on, and we got hammered 7 2. But honestly, that first, like, 45 minutes against Liverpool. We're all thinking, we're gonna walk. Yeah, you know, if, if we can if we can be 3-0 up against Everton, we can be 2-0 up against Liverpool away from home. How good are we gonna be in League One? And we of course it didn't happen. You know, we we're bottom of the league after 10 games. A lot of you know, there's a lot of fans going, hashtag Critchley out and all this. Nobody was they're all thinking, well, What we done brought this bloody under 23 coach, he hasn't got a clue about, you know, he he's never he's never you know, you can imagine, can't you? He's never managed in league one, he doesn't know doesn't know uh, men's football yet. Yeah, he doesn't know men's football. And and they, and they brought Colin Calderwood in. And from bringing Colin Calderwood in, it, it changed. And uh, I don't know whether he got a lot of advice of Colin Calderwood. And, uh, and, you know, we got promoted. And, and since then, it's just gone from dreamland to, to
2: dreamland for every Blackpool fan, really. That's that's how we are. So, so Lee, strengths and weaknesses of this Blackpool team, where can they hurt Derby? And where can Derby exploit this Blackpool team to get a, to get a victory?
1: <laughs> um, it's honestly, I can't. It's hard to it's hard to answer because we never play the same team twice. So I'm never quite sure. I can't even tell you what team's going to come out because the team that played against Birmingham, we had Yates on the bench, we had Lavery on the bench, and, and then we had Bowler all on the bench. So when we're looking at it, we've got three players there that all should have started, in my opinion, and they didn't. So I don't know who is going to play. We, uh, you can give us here's one tip for Derby. For the manager, I'd say give Blackpool as many free kicks as you want. Fouls on the outside of the wherever you want to give us a free kick because we are useless at free. You, you might we might as well never have him because we just honestly he's never even threatening. We never even and corners we have scored the odd one, but half the time they're just they're just garbage. Set 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 pieces we're, honestly we're, were terrible. It's it's that that's our big Achilles heel. So you can foul us on the edge of the box. Don't matter. Don't give us a penalty, but anywhere around the box, just you can I mean, all just sit looking there and his just, chops, isn't he, Jason? Yeah, you could just smoke your cigars while while we take the while we take the free kick. <laughs> you, you won't be like worrying at all. D- don't worry if we've got a free kick because it ain't going anywhere near anything.
0: So that that means that means you're scoring one on. on no, Saturday, no, like, if we score a free kick, <laughs> he'll think score one. I my
1: backside Burns' windows, I tell you because I just I'm going to hold, hold you to that, Lee. Like, I'm going to hold, hold you
2: to that too. You've got it now.
1: I think I will. I will. I'll show it in <laughs> <Windowsy>. All right, <laughs> Jason. We ain't Jason, a free kick.
2: Jason, is it? Is it score prediction time?
0: Yeah, yeah. Why not? We always, we always do a score prediction uh, right. to to end the uh, to end the chat. It's been it's been a cracking chat, Lee. It's been it, to be honest with you, you've been one of the you've been one of the best guests we've had on. It's, right. I'm
1: sorry um, if I bored everybody. They've all We Love it. Everybody's Everybody's no, totally tuned out. Who is this nutter
2: so <laughs> from?
0: Uh, uh, it's been it's been i mean uh, it's been over an hour and then the time has just has just breezed that's by it, it really oh has God. Right. sorry to cut um, you um,
2: out no, it see it's, it's the opposite of watching blackpool leave you're like oh christ i thought it was only five minutes and it's been. <laughs> that's it time time flies when
1: you're having fun this is but how we yeah. are though in blackpool this is how we are in fact jane always says we shouldn't be called the uh, seaside we should be called the entertainers because blackpool's you know is based on entertainment we've always had like crazy crazy nutters followers in my dad's day in the 1953 cup final they used to have sid sid beavers to have sid beavers who used to have a tangerine duck and they were called the atomic boys they were they're really famous in blackpool they were just fans that's all they were they were fans sid beavers and the atomic boys you'll have heard of them won't you
2: have you ever heard of them from your dad oh yeah have you Corey? i i've never heard of them
1: no, we'll mention it to your mums. Sid was in the Atomic Boys, and they used to they used to have a tangerine duck, and they used to bring him out for every game. And at Wembley, came out at Wembley, you know, on the, and they all used to dress as um, sheiks, like Arab sheiks. And they, they were, <laughs> honestly, they were famous Blackpool. But well, that's that's how we are. We're an entertainment town, and we're just we we're, we're just a bit daft. I think it's the sea air that does it to us. It <laughs> that's it. I, I love, that's I love it. going I think to it. Blackpool, Jason. Though I love it. Oh, I love yeah, it. yeah, so I had the time my I. life. I loved it. Yeah, We've got ourselves the nutters from the sea, so I, are... I've
0: had some cracking weekends in Blackpool. I have yeah. to say, uh, right, score predictions go. then.
2: Uh, Corey, go on. Uh, let's see. Hmm, I think Blackpool's gonna snatch this one. I do, I think they've just got a bit too much quality. I've watched them several times. A death,
1: Kiss of um,
2: death. uh, death. what I'm doing. This why I'm doing this. I do, the... <laughs> I still leaving. reverse psychology. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Blackpool look a good side. I think of mm. playing the right way and, and, and there's a lot of goal threat there with them as well. And I think Darby looking. At- we don't
1: score a lot of goals. We don't, even though we don't, we don't take our chances. That's a thing. It's perfectly right?
2: okay. Cause I don't think Darby's keeper could catch much anyway. So
1: <laughs> okay, well. it's,
2: it's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Blackpool, Blackpool 2-0. I mm-hmm.
0: was going to say that the only, the only thing our keeper caught was COVID, but I don't, I don't think he did. The rest <laughs> of the team did he didn't oh, he he God. was fine uh, two 0 blackpool, wow Corey. christ, um okay, I'll go uh, i I think this might actually be a decent game, um, and you're right, both of us don't really score a lot, both of us don't concede a lot either i notice no. i noticed blackpool don't concede many either, so no, i was actually don't. gonna i was actually gonna say two two, but i think that's probably being, being a little bit um. Being a little bit too optimistic. Um mm-hmm. Derby will certainly score at home. They I don't I think they've only failed to score at home once this season. Right. It's just can they keep can they keep a clean sheet at home? Something that again they don't do all too often. Uh, right. I'm, I'm gonna go draw. I'm gonna Derby need to win it really, but in the predicament that they're in. But mm-hmm. um I have to be real. Um yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one one. Lee?
1: Right. Well, we went to Birmingham on the weekend and we woke up in the morning and the snow was falling and it looked like the game was going to get called off. We'd stayed, we'd gone down Friday night doing our football tourist guide and we woke up to snow and we went on Twitter and all the Birmingham fans were tweeting, call the game off, blame it on the snow. The game can't go on. Let's blame the snow. And there was like all of them. Nobody wanted to play it. They were all fearing the worst. And they beat us, so so I don't know. We should have won against Birmingham, but we didn't take our chances. Obviously, you're bottom of the league because of the situation you're in, and these are games that if Blackpool, are, you know, are going to achieve the goal of staying up, these are the games we've got to, you know, we've got to want to win these. We've got, you know, we've got to be thinking you're a wounded animal on the Serengeti, and we can just. Nick this one somehow some way so I'm gonna go for a 2-1 win to Blackpool I just think we can I I think we'll do this one but I'd take a draw to be honest because at the moment it's hard going away and we'll be there I've never been to Pride I've never been uh, it's the first time so I'm really looking forward to seeing how magnificent the stadium is the fact that it's a bit of a a new your net but I'm sure it's beautiful so uh, Birmingham wasn't a beautiful experience and you'll know what i mean when you go to a ground where it's like it's, it was like colder than the coldest like I've a ever city been ground in, life. in nottingham yeah, it was like so cold but then you went to the to the loose and all they had was cold water and paper towels to dry your hands so there, wasn't, there wasn't even any like um hand dryers they didn't oh. even have hand dryers so you couldn't even get warm on the hand dryer it was just so your freezing cold hands were just like even colder when you put them in the the cold water tap and then I had to dry on a paper. Oh, it was oh it was horrible. So I'm hoping Derby's a little bit nicer than that. You, might, hopefully you, might you paid hopefully the a, hot water bill. The water. Yeah, hopefully you got some hot water in the taps because that's a honestly if it's a cold day, it's not nice. And to lose and go away and then I don't know if you've seen the video where where the police kept in at the end and then then for 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 some or no reason started lashing out at fans and hitting him with buttons and everything it was oh it was it was quite a dreadful day. So Hopefully, it'll be a better day than that at Derby. We are looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, well, I don't really want—I don't really want to beat you in, well, because of the situation you're in. If, you, if that makes sense, it feels a bit mean. Yeah, that's cool. Really. I
2: mean, you can ship a couple of own goals to us, and then, yeah, maybe
1: we'll maybe we we'll you know, take pity. Win this one to, to to help your cause because uh, you know, as I say, Blackpool fans, we we know we know the situation, and uh, it's sad. Football. Yeah, and it's football. definitely,
2: it's definitely going to be a tough situation. And if Darby can, if Derby can do, I mean, th- the thing is this team um, is sitting on one point, but without deductions, we'd have 22. We'd be ahead of Bristol city. So, um, right. you know, the team's, the team's not com- completely enough. No, to-
1: no, no. You're playing like, all right. Like it would well,
2: reflect it. The team fights and the team, yeah. uh, they can it's not, not got the, it's not brimming with quality. Like it was a couple seasons oh. ago, uh, you know, this team does have something about it that that can be something special and um i i would just put my head on my heart and i'd say if there was a group of players that could pull off the impossible this is probably the group of players that could do it not because of right. because of sheer grit and determination and the will well, and i hope you
1: do in in, in many ways i hope vision. you do you know i mean i'd love you uh, i'd love to see you get out of it i kind of i got to meet uh, a guy called jake who's punk chef 41 he's a chef of wednesday vlogger you know i got to know him quite well and uh, I thought, he, I thought they were going to get out of it Sheffield Wednesday. They they only had, a, I think they ended up with a six-point deduction in the end and they, they couldn't get out of it, you know. They just, nearly, they difficult. were so close. But they, it continues you know, to went. be a gut
2: punch with all the news and stuff. It is, them,
1: you know? it is. And it's just, I think it's, as long as you're in the fight, you know, as long as you can keep going and, and get in the fight, you know, the players will have the fight, but it's when it becomes the inevitable that there's no way out of it, you know, that, that, that's when you can just lose heart, but... Hopefully, um, you know you keep fighting on because they have really hit you hard, haven't they? And it's like I say, it's always it's always hard on the fans, isn't it? It's, it's not the fans' fault, you know. You haven't done anything wrong, and it's you that gets it's you that has to go and watch it in. You know, all the football players and all the owners, vale. they will they yeah. they'll they come and go, don't they? You know, they they don't care anymore. But, but as as Derby fans, you're going to be going and watching them in League One. You know, you were asking earlier about you know if you know if Blackpool had, had gone gone out of business. Uh, and I think a lot of Blackpool fans thought, thought we were going to go out of business, you know, because of the oysters. We thought we were definitely going and because uh, we thought that's what the oysters were doing to it. They were just destroying it. It seemed like they were destroying it on purpose to, to get us out of the league. And I always felt that I would have probably enjoyed five years of starting at the bottom with, with my boys and, and going to, because we do non-league grounds as well, because Jane was a uh, secretary of chase town Um so you know, we're going to take the odd non-league game in as well. And um, there's some lovely you know, the, the, the non-league grounds are quite often in like little villages, little picturesque villages, little picturesque grounds. Also, when you go to night games, if you go to non-league ground, there's no like big stadium around it. So it's all in the dark. So you've got the floodlights, but like all around the, the stadium, it's just like pitch black, which kind of reminds you when you were a kid playing football on the park in the dark, it's kind of, I don't know, it takes you back to being a kid and, and, I think if I'd have had five years of taking the boys and, and getting five promotions, you know, through, through the, through the non-leagues, I'd have maybe took that over five years of not going. It's a tough one. You know what I mean? I, I think, yeah. I might have, you know, that, that journey, uh, you know, I think the thing like, you know, with, with Berry as well, I think they've got a new club now, you know, I think that although they've gone out of the league, I think, you know, they will uh, enjoy the experience of coming back. And I've spoken to Wimbledon fans as well, and they, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed, you know, they were winning by so much, you know, and the, every game they were winning and it doesn't matter sometimes, football. I've been in, you know, we were in the Premier League and when we played like Arsenal and United, I didn't want to lose. You know, I I didn't go to the game thinking, oh, I, I'm playing Arsenal, so it doesn't really matter if we, if we lose. Oh, I want to beat Arsenal. I want to beat Arsenal as much as I want to beat Chesterfield. And the feeling of losing against Arsenal was as bad as the feeling against losing against Chesterfield, if that makes sense. You know, losing's losing yeah. and winning's winning. And if I was beating, I don't know, some little non-league team, I'd still be winning. You know, we'd still be winning and we'd be taking two thousand to these little non-league grounds, bringing them loads of money. And I think it would have been, I think it would have been a, a, okay. I think I would have enjoyed it. But I like where we are now. So, yeah, definitely. But,
2: and. Lee, thank you for, for spending the last hour or so with me and, and Jason yeah. giving us the perspective on Blackpool. Hopefully, we'll, okay. we'll catch up with you. We'll catch up with you um, after the match. We'll make sure that your vlog's out on our on our sites as well so people can see okay. But also, we want to make sure that we, we catch up with you in, in April for the return fixture to the
1: season. Yeah, sure, sure.
2: Hopefully, and hopefully. hopefully yeah, be I mean, because Blackpool is one of my favorite places in England. So Yeah,
1: you won't be flying over then, I take it, will you from America?
2: Oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I might, I might, yeah. I might make a special guest appearance if it, if it has to say, hey, if it has well, to save I'd, Darby from, from going down, I might make a special. Yeah. Appearance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you get, well, let's, let, let's hope you don't need something on the last day. Let's hope you're safe by then. But uh, hey, best of luck to you, you know, yeah. and, uh, obviously not for this, you know, for the upcoming game, we, you know, we need to win it as much as you need to win it, but uh, I just hope you do get out of it.
2: It's a big, well, club, I appreciate that. Lee Charles from Lee Charles TV and Blackpool Super right. from Lee, Thank you so much for, for joining me and Jason and we'll we'll catch up soon.
1: Yeah, I'll see you soon. Thanks a lot for having me on. I've enjoyed it. It's been really good, good fun. Thanks for listening to all my waffle, everybody out there. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you stay to the end, give yourself a badge or something that you would listen to my waffle for an hour and a half. You you need you need some sort of award. If I but you can do a sticker for all the people that actually stick through this till the end and listen to, to it all. <laughs> Thanks a lot.
0: Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the fan hub app. Fanhub looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups, checking on match days and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the Fanhub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast, for Derby County. Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the FanHub app and website. So before we end the podcast with a little bit of fun, it's time to review the game at Ashton Gate against Bristol City. And this isn't going to take long because it was a pretty, pretty dull, boring game. From both sides, easy to see why Bristol City is struggling, easy to see why Derby County is struggling minus points deductions with the points deductions they'd still only just be above a relegation zone and and you yesterday's game you you could see why just a lack of just a lack of any intent going forward again you know we say the same things week in week out, following Derby. Bristol City didn't look a good side and it was whoever was going to make the mistake. And Derby did, did make that mistake. Um, first 15 minutes, Derby dominated possession. Uh, I think it was something like after the, just before the goal, so it was about 16 minutes in, Derby had 85% possession. N- no shots or anything, but 85% possession. And then questionable defending yet again and Bristol City score. It's it is a bit of a ricochet in the box. It is unfortunate, but there is an open man, um, and they, and they slap it in for one nil. Chris Martin missed a glorious chance for Bristol City. Um, Ravel Morrison had a chance for Derby towards the end, but in all honesty, that pretty much summed the game up. It was it was pretty boring. Once Bristol City took the lead, you know the, the way that they've been struggling this year, they just. They just time wasted. They just, they, they did a job. They did a job. They they held on to that three points. But again, Derby, just, just a little bit, no for the goal at the back. Um, just not enough drive and energy. Something again, I don't know. You know, the fight and determination is fine, but obviously you physically got to have a bit of quality in there. Um, didn't, didn't really see enough of that from Derby. And it, and it goes down as a, another missed chance to pick up some points and a, and a, and a disappointing performance. And I, a stat that they said after the game yesterday that I didn't realise, Derby's only won one game in 11. And I didn't realise it was as bad as that. And that, that is bad. Everything that Wayne Rooney has has had to put up with this season, you know, we understand, but you take that aside, but you can't always just take that aside, but you take that aside and Derby are relegation candidates, even without a points deduction, and I'm finding that quite disappointing uh, at the moment. So, obviously, we have to try and look at any type of positive from yesterday, and I'm, str- I'm struggling with that as well. Um, we did see another one of the new under twenty three lads who's been who's been performing really well down there. Got clearance from the FL Thursday. Uh, in Luke Plange, came on for the second half, you know, did okay. But but what are we expecting from from, from teenagers? You know, it's then you're gonna be hard pressed to find one that comes in and starts banging you 15 goals in between now and the end of the season. I think that's just just you know that's just not gonna happen. So but it's it's another lad that's involved and you know moving forward beyond this season. It's another lad who's obviously going to get his opportunity at Derby, I think, by the looks of it. Um, and it'll be interesting to to see how he develops over the coming weeks and months. But other than that, disappointed I, I am. I am disappointed after the after the QPR game. We was hoping Derby would be able to pick themselves up and and you know put in a put in a solid performance. And it just it just didn't it just didn't happen. And You know, whilst it was always going to be a major, major ask this season for Derby to to do the impossible. I think people who haven't already given up to the fact that Derby are going down. It's just we're coming into what is a a busy period and we're we're bang out of form and winning breeds confidence and you get on a run, but losing can be exactly the same and. You know that's back-to-back defeats again, and it's just like I say, the one win in eleven. I didn't realise it was as bad as that, and that is—I mean, there's quite a few draws in there. Don't get me wrong, but only one win in eleven. That's that is relegation form without a points deduction. So um, obviously, fingers aren't going to be pointed at the manager because of what's going on. But something obviously we alluded to in the last podcast. What's improved at Derby under Wayne Rooney? Well results certainly haven't you know points on the board hasn't um but you know you've got to give him you do have to give him some slack and we've got to with everything with the shit show that's going on off the field we've got to we've got to wait until that's all, all sorted and I suppose in some respects that gives Wayne a bit of breathing space because you, you know I can't see a sack in him I can't see I can't see that at all um so it's what we've got to put up with. And, you know, now we've got we've got a week to reflect. We've got a week to get on the training ground to put some things right. Try and blow some wind back into them. Um before we before we take on Blackpool at home. Who you know that now obviously every game's a cup final for Derby, but they 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 need to get on a run before the games start coming thick and fast over that Christmas period. They need to get on a run. And, you know, Blackpool at home, it's an opportunity. It is an opportunity. Um, the other talking point from yesterday's game was that uh, Mr. Allsop replaced of Roos in goal, which is a strange, well, not a strange one. It is a strange one, but it isn't at the same time. We know that there's a massive goalkeeping problem at Derby County, but it was it was odd that he came in for yesterday. Um thought he should have saved the goal, actually. And it'd be interesting to see who's in between the sticks for the Blackpool game. And to be honest with you, I don't want to be down and and damp about this, but that that early optimism, um, that that fighting mentality, seems to be seems to be disappearing a little bit. I just hope that obviously, you know, we bounce back against Blackpool. That's fine. Still plenty of games to go. Still plenty of points to play for. But they 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 can't keep going on runs like this because the, the confidence, which is weak anyway, I'm sure, uh, can't keep getting knocked. But that's my opinions on the game. And coming up in the next section is a real treat for you.
2: Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be flat back four, and the second is six yards out. Flat back four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys um, on it as well amazing clothing range they've got some awesome Derby stuff so go and check them out and we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season so stay tuned for that and our second partnership is going to be with the six yard out folks they do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts uh, all kind of things Derby county they've got england mugs Derby county mugs and various different kits and you can get them customized and have old players on them um, some really amazing things you can use rams review as a as a coupon code there as well and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um and check them out if you haven't already. Um again, that's that's flatback four and six yards out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment.
0: And so now it's time for a little bit of fun on the podcast. Don't always have that much fun on the podcast talking about Derby County, but th- this time, this time we do. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Tom Walsh, who we, you may well or may well not have. Hopefully, after this podcast, you'll know a bit more. Um, Tom decided to write himself a little ditty about Derby County. And um, I must admit, we'll, we'll add a little bit into the podcast, a, a short snippet of the song. Not all of it, not giving it away for you. Um, but uh, yeah, there'll be a short snippet coming up in a minute. But, but Tom, uh, great great to have you on, mate. And uh, obviously, you're here to talk all, talk all, about, all about the song. Um, before we do that, let's have a
3: little listen been fighting for a hundred years and we'll fight a hundred more. We've been upsetting all the odds since 1884. And yes, we've had some hard times, but we'll come through all right. Cause the heart and soul of this football town is always black and white. Oh, since I was young. You're the only club whose name I've ever sung. And that's why I'm singing Derby, Derby till I die.
2: I'm
3: Derby,
0: Derby till I die. So, Tom, thanks for joining the Ramsbury podcast, mate. How you been?
3: Yeah, good, mate, thank you. Glad, happy to be here. Happy to be um, talking about something other than football, although obviously it's... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, so, something other than Derby at the minute, uh, and what's happening, you know, off the pitch is like quite well publicised. But um, I suppose that's why I, why I did it. Um, wrote the song originally, like I'd wanted to write one for years, but I just sort of um, felt so gutted that you know, devastated after we went into administration. That I felt like it was a way of sort of expressing expressing myself and what the club feels, you know, what what it means to me. Um, really, that sounded very pretentious and sing a songwritery, but <laughs> no, hey, that, that, that's that's a perfectly
0: good answer. Well, obviously, as i we've just been chatting off, here, I've listened to it two or three times. Um, obviously, I've got a few questions about it. I mean, <clears throat> I, the, the first one is obviously, we, we were talking a little bit about it, but you know, just how how do you come about writing the song? You know, how long did it take you? And you know, obviously. You think about Derby County. Obviously, the, the song's trying to be a bit of a feel-good thing. Obviously, plenty of things, plenty of good things have happened in, in Derby's history. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, we're not going through those at the minute. But you know, a lot's gone on. How was it? How was it for you trying to, to trying to squeeze all that memory and emotion and feeling into what is it, around about three minutes forty-five of a song? I mean, just talk us through talk us through the process, Tom. about how, how you got to it. You know, the, the writing of the lyrics. Is it? something that you gave much thought or did it just kind of flow on the page
3: well i mean to be honest like it it it. once once i had the idea and once what you know once, once it came sort of um that that you know like the, the the purpose of it i sort of i wrote it quite quickly but I, I mean i've had the idea to write a song about derby for years and years and years um and I had the, there's a line in the song, um, every club's got legends and we've got quite a few. Uh, Steve Bloomer's always watching, but now Cluffy's up there too. And I've, like, I've had that that line in my head for years and you, you just sort of like carry ideas around with you and never do anything with them. But then um, obviously the club went into administration. I was really gutted. There wasn't really any constructive thing I could do on Twitter moaning about it. So I was like, I picked my guitar up and try and, you know, try and um, write a bit of a song about it. So, I mean, I've tried to cover everything really, like my my memories of um, growing up, you know, like it's been in the family for years and years, Derby has for for my family. So th- there was that. And then I wanted, because I love Steve Bloom as watching as a song, um, but it sort of name checks, like the uh, the FA Cup winning side and, and players that, a, a lot of derby fans now never seen him play. Do you know what I mean? You'd have to be mm. you'd have to be what in your nineties probably to remember it, you know, like race Carter and Peter Doherty and stuff. So I, I was like I wanted to I wanted to sort of write a song about, you know, the heroes that we can connect with and stuff like that. Um so yeah, I mean there's a first so in, in the first verse as uh, since I was young and my dad took me to the baseball ground um there's a bit of artistic license there because my dad hates football. <laughs> I've only ever been to one match with him. Um, any any match that I went to when I was a kid was with me, with my granddad. Mm. Um, he's a, you know, like, he was a, a proper Derby bloke through and through. Um, so, yeah, like, I, um, that's that first verse is all about um, the memories of the baseball ground, really. Um, and I never stood up in a pop-side crowd either because I was only about, six or seven when i you know when i when i first started going so um yeah again there's a bit of like artistic license there i suppose but i thought i'd connect hopefully with with people that followed us in like the 80s and 90s um that sort of thing so so yeah and then i just i go on about everybody that i can do really so like kevin actor um roy mcfarlane colin todd and then um I think I, I I did count the amount of references I got in, but it was like, I can't remember how many now, but there's Craig Bryson in there and stuff mm. like that. So it's, it, it was sort of designed to appeal to all ages of fans, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was one thing I got, as I say, it was, it was, it is almost like a ride through history in, in three minutes, 40, whatever it is of the song. And, yeah like you i mean i 'll let you into a little secret. I never went to the baseball ground I, I, my first <laughs> my first ever game was the first ever game at Bride Park. Um, I was old enough to go to the baseball ground. I just never went um, for I, I i got into to be honest with you I got into football a little bit late. I was more like eight nine that kind of age when I really started getting interested in football um, and same with my dad i've, I've been i have now i 've been more now since i 've been an adult than I ever was. I went with when I was a kid it was always my uncle that took me um and so yeah I I I I it's one of actually it's probably one of the biggest regrets being a derby fan that I've got that I never stepped foot in the baseball ground um as a as a stadium I've obviously I've been to where it is now and and things like that. But yeah, never, phys- never physically step foot in the place, which for the, for the amount of history that the club's got there, obviously, um, you know, is a, is a bit of a bit of a sad thing. But uh, I'm still waiting for the history to be made at Pride Park, of course. But um, I think I've got a few <laughs> years in the tank with that
3: yet, Tom. But I mean... <clears throat> well, you never know. You know, there's, there's still there's still stuff to be... You know, that's another reason I wrote it. It's like, um, that's why, I, I, you know, I love supporting my local club because it's like we... We're sort of, um, we're always on the cusp of something great, but we never quite make it. And there's some, you know, there's some a bit romantic in that. I'd, I'd much rather be that than, than be winning Champions Leagues and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, if, you know,
2: <laughs> if we <laughs> ever <laughs> win
3: a Champions <laughs> League, I'll be, yeah. you know, I'll be singing from the rooftops. But, yeah, you'll um... have to write a new song, mate. You'll have to get your guitar back out again. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. But I think I think um, you're right with what you were saying there. I mean, Steve Bloomer's watching, obviously, is, is synonymous with Derby County. But it but it is, the it, 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 Derby have been walking out to that for absolute years, and there is a reason behind that. Is because it is a little outdated in in all fairness. It still resonates, and I don't think I could think of a match day without you know that's that song in particular as, as the players are walking out. But what I would say is something that we mentioned earlier. Um, you're right. There isn't really anything else in there. I mean, you, you go around and, you know, some clubs have got anthems that they walk out to and, you know, they've had the players singing them in the 80s and things like that. And they're all a little bit cheesy and they're all a little bit this and that. But that's synonymous with that club. And like you said, there's just been nothing for 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 Derby County. And I'm, obviously I'm hoping that this, I'm sure you absolutely loved uh, writing it. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that everybody gets behind it. And obviously you say, uh, we, we spoke, you know, the club are looking, hopefully we can get this played out at Pride Park. And you know what? What a fantastic thing it would be, Tom. I suppose if if that was then taken on, you know, and, and played before every home match, and it, it became the next Steve Bloomer's watching, if you will. Don't know if that were your intentions. I'm going to ask you a que- I'm going to ask you that question in a second. But to have something that's a little bit more relative and and, and updated, I think to like we like you said, appeal to the Next generation of of derby fans because a lot you're quite right, a lot of them don't know those people that are in that song really, they have to go back through the history books to, to, to find that when you were right i'm going to ask you the question then Tom. when you was writing it would you know was there any thoughts about yeah i'm going to get this i'm going to take it to derby county i'm going to I'm going to ask them to play it, or was it literally just just your emotion of everything going on with the football club at the moment, and as, as singer songwriters do they they just pick up an instrument or whatever they do, and it just you know, they write things and I'm sure there's lots and, and lots like that that obviously don't come out into the public domain. Um, but was it ever your thought to, you know, to, to get it out there and, and release it as a single or, or, or whatever?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, there was a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, it, it sort of I wrote it at the time that I did, I think, because it, you know, it was just in my head and, and there was so much sort of frustration um with everything that was going on it was you know it felt like a good time to write it if you see what I mean but I I think um I mean I'm a you know I'm a a massive Derby fan um it's been like I say it's been in my family for for generations so it's like I've there's there, there is an element definitely of me wanting to contribute something to the club that um you know that that lasts and I don't know you know I don't know if I'm deluded about that I don't know you know it might might just be a flash in the pan but like if if it does get traction and and get played you know and and people sort of remember it season after season that'd be my absolute dream I'd you know I'd, I'd love that um but I mean it's gonna when it's it's it takes a little while to get it up on on sort of the platforms, so like your iTunes and Spotify and things like that. So, but when it I mean when it does go out there, any money that we make from it, that's going to go to the club as well. So I'm I mean, <laughs> you know, with the with the financial straits we're in, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to make much of a dent. But you know, I, I just thought like that'd be a, a, another way of sort of um, uh, contributing in my my small way, you know, mm. to to it so so yeah a a bit of both bit of both really Jason um but yeah I'd have have written it you know even if it you know if it didn't make it out my house I'd still have written it because in in that time they were the you know the the the, the thoughts that I was thinking really um about the club
0: that's fair enough and that was going to be, obviously, that was going to be one of my questions. Um You know, it, it, this thing goes out there Um and obviously it'll be available where it's going to be available. I, I know roughly it's going to be available on, you know, pretty much anywhere you, you can get it. And that was going to be one of my questions, you know, is is if this makes any money, it, it, where where was it going to go? So more than happy, obviously. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about it, Tom, and and, and you know, try and get the exposure out there as well. Obviously, you know, as many as many different avenues as this can, because like you say, at the end of the day, every single penny is going to, is going back straight into the club. And, and let's face it, you're right. It probably don't make a massive dent. It's, unfortunately, it's not going to pay the 29 million pound tax bill, but uh, you know, if, if it takes a little chunk off that or, or goes to, towards something, it, it's a feel good thing. Um, and like I said, that were my feelings when I first listened to it. Um, it, the chorus gets me every time. I don't know. It just does. I mean, it, it's that's from being a passionate derby fan who, who stands in the south stand every home game, um, belting mm-hmm. it out for ninety minutes. You know, it. it, it yeah, the cor- the chorus got me. And I'm fingers crossed. Everybody who's listening to this, uh, when it when it's available. I know there's uh, there is there is a copy out of it on YouTube at the moment. That's where I've listened to it. If people want to go and listen to it there then then please do and obviously when it comes out then then make sure make sure you get it from iTunes or wherever wherever it's on offer and um i i i i'm not just saying this cause you're here. I, I do think it's actually it's it's got a it's got a decent ring about it and i i can i can see it being played out at Pride Park and uh <laughs> fingers crossed like you said i know you've spoke with the club um about getting it out there for the Blackpool game i'll i'll be Oops. looking i'll be looking forward to listening to it mate i really will i hope it's i yeah. hope it's there
3: well that's that's it i, I mean at, at the minute i've i've got a mate um i've probably got to do a couple of shout outs really as well because i've you know i've had a lot of help with yeah, you uh, go for it. getting it out there um so i've got a mate um a mate scott who and, and and a lot of friends actually in the stair 35 uh, supporters club um so scott he's been brilliant at promoting it he created the the video that's on youtube which is a uh, a string to his bow that I had no idea about but it's he's good obviously a, you know an, an artistic director um so yeah so he he did all that and then obviously um we recorded it um the the, the 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 chap that recorded it uh Tom um a place called Sound Hub in Belper um and I've known him for a long time and he's you know he's he's sort of done as a done as a favour in sort of Um, you know it could have been a lot more expensive to to get it recorded and that if you see what i mean so he's Mm. he's helped us out because of um you know what the song's about and and what it's intended for um and then that chanting you hear on the start and the end of the song and on the choruses that's um that's me and five of my mates from the stair 35 supporters club so they've all they've come down um I've just told them to go to the pub before basically and then got the you know the verses down and everything. Yeah. And then they they just basically came in and shouted and chanted a load of derby songs. So like it they had you know, they had a good laugh with it, but but like it it couldn't have happened without without all of them uh, being involved really, you know. So yeah. um so yeah, no, it's it's um it's been a it's been a labour of love for quite a few derby fans and season ticket holders.
0: I suppose one of my one of my final questions, Tom, is obviously you know the club's been contacted and it's been asked to be played out. With everything that's going on at the club at the minute, I'm I'm sure it might have come a little bit down the pecking order. Unfortunately for you, but what kind of response have you had from the club? And and you know what, what's what's the what's what's the feeling been
3: like from them? So. Um... So my mate Scotty, who's who's kind of like my become my unofficial promoter through this process. So he he's he's been in negotiations with a club and um I mean it was it was going to be played earlier, but there's all sorts of things that have happened with they usually have something that's going on, on um you know on match days, whether that's um, you know, you know, like Remembrance Sunday is the obvious mm. one, or if there's um Sorry, I can't remember the name of the boxer, but you know they had a boxer at the home game the yes, other week. Yes, 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 Zach, um, somebody, I think, is it Zach? Is it Zach Parker?
0: Uh, something, um, like,
3: something like that. Yeah. Apologies if I've misnamed like the heavyweight champion of uh, <laughs> of the world or something. But um, yeah, so so it, it sort of it's been pushed back a little bit, but I think we're we're fairly confident now that it'll be played before the Blackpool game, which is obviously like means everything to me. I mean, that'll be, if there's 20,000 there, that's probably like 19,999 more than I've ever listened to any of my other music. So, you know. <laughs> like your own little private um, gig without you being there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, no, that, that'll be a buzz and, you know, it'll be, hopefully it'll be received well. Um, like I say, once, once it's up on iTunes and all of that, we'll, We'll promote it and we'll we'll make sure that everyone's aware of how we um you know how they can get hold of it.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, I, as I say, I've I, I think I think it is quality. I really do. I think I think that would add. It would certainly add to a matched experience. And obviously, as I say, I think I think just you're right. I think getting it, it's kind of come at the right time for you. And, and it's with with what's going on with the club. There needs to be that feel good, feel good factor around again, and I don't see how this doesn't do that. And I, as I say, I, I really do hope that um, you know all Derby fans at the game, and you know who aren't. I hope they get behind it. and say there's a good cause behind it as well. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's something that could stick. I really do. I, I really do like it. I can, I can envisage it being being played out as you know, as I say, not maybe not as the teams are walking out, but you know, a little bit before drum up that drum up that last five minutes before, before the players come out of the tunnel or whatever. Uh, And I I think it would be because at the end of the day, you know, the the title of the song, obviously that's been a song that Derby fans have sang for a very long time, but the kind of the, the since I was young bit, obviously that song's only really been in and around Derby for, you know, the the last four or five years, probably um, as a crowd, but we know it's a crowd, you know, it's a crowd favorite uh, chant that that they do. So it's synonymous. And as I said, as we mentioned earlier and, it just it just ties it all in together, um, and you never know. Tom, like I say you might have to get the guitar out again in the next in the next six months when uh, when things change at the club, and you know you, you can you can write another one.
3: You never know, mate. You never know. Yeah. Just um. But, but while we're on the subject of like going back to Steve Bloomer's watching, I'm I'm uh I, I love that song. I'm not I'm not um. I'm not knocking it. I'm not. I'm not trying to create a sort of like Blur Oasis rivalry with uh, Robert Lindsay or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, <laughs> it was just like to do something a little bit different, I suppose, with um, with with what I'm doing. But um, but yeah, like I say, if it if it gets played, then I'll be I'll be happy. I'll be delighted, to be honest. And um, yeah, if any 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 of the fans, you know, even if like what just one or two fans in the pub can relate to it. Uh, their experience of a match day and supporting Derby the ups and the downs then then it'll have achieved what I wanted it to
0: good well yeah it, it certainly does with me so that, that's that's one you've definitely got one and and let's hope for it. let's hope <laughs> for a few more mate thanks mate Bef- before you go obviously um I, this is a, probably a whole another podcast uh and I'll just say you've been, you've been an absolute gent spending spending some time with me it's, it's been a cracking chat and uh i we'd we'd love to have you back on the podcast to talk more things, Derby county in the future um not just about your music and and things like that, but you know in in a nutshell, I have to ask you since you 're on i mean what what is your feeling about what 's going on with the club at the moment <laughs>
3: um wow well, some some of them aren 't Um it's a clean, it's
0: a clean podcast tom this one i 'm afraid yeah
3: <laughs> yeah i, I mean I, I think my overall feeling is that whatever whatever happens um it's a message of defiance really there'll always be a derby county and it doesn't it doesn't matter what form that takes at the end of the day because well you know they've still got a loyal fan base they've got a community that needs a club you know um i mean i i want to i want to say i'm speaking with my head as well as my heart when i say that i I think we'll survive but do you know what i mean it's it's difficult, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm confident. I, you know, I've no no one's got a crystal ball, but I'm I'm confident we'll survive. I'm confident that um, we'll enjoy a different set of away days for however long yeah. it is, whether it's one year, a couple of years. Do you know what I mean? It's nice to um, you have to look on the bright side, um, you know. And it's prop, you know. People use that cliche of like, oh, it's proper football down in the in the lower leagues and stuff, but it is, there's some cracking clubs. There's, there's um looking at the table the other day, there's like eight or nine clubs that have been not just in the premiership, but they've been, you know, some of the, some of them clubs down there have won titles and stuff. So, oh, yeah, do you know what I mean? Rubbish. It's not, um it would be, it'd be disrespectful of us to, to say that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be rubbish and we don't belong there. You know, any club is only as good as their last set of results, you know? Right. So I, I say, um number 1 let's survive and then you know let's let's bring it on let's see what see what happens next
0: no i i do i fully agree with you as i say mate it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you very much for your thank you very much for your time and just say like you say, these things take time. Get this song out, and I, yeah, we'd love to catch up with you in the new year. Um, you know, and and find out how the songs doing. And as I say, hopefully, we can hear it coming out at Pride Park a couple of times in that time. And I, I'd love to get you on because obviously you're a passionate Derby lad, back, passionate Derby fan, clearly. And uh, we'd we'd love to have you on again, mate. To uh, especially with Corey when Corey's here as well, um, to have a to have a right good chimwag about Derby. And, and fingers crossed, sometime after January, uh, you know, we, we'll we'll know where we are as a club, and we might have a bit more. Bit more positivity to talk about, but Tom,
3: absolutely appreciate you coming on, mate. Thank you very much, mate. No, it's, it's been a pleasure, been a
1: pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch on Twitter, we're at Rams Review One, on Facebook. It's rams review podcast or you could drop us an email ramsreview at hotmail.com until next time up the ramps. the rams review podcast are proud to be part of the fan hub 100 putting fans first